Hi everyone, welcome to episode 30. It's a milestone episode. I'm very lucky and happy that I've gotten to this point without quitting. Uh, it's been a wild ride and I hope I can uh, make another 30 like this. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my um, Patreon supporters. First off is Jace Richardson, who is building RepoGuard, which protects your GitHub repositories from common mistakes that cost time and energy to fix. Whether it's forced pushes to master or just bad commit messages, RepoGuard can help. Visit RepoGuard.com for more info. Also, Merot Mojavedi at zebel.co, spelled with an X. Simon Bennett at snapshooter.io. Dean Layton James at cloudperiscope.com. Zoli Veres and Valium Badibuku. So today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about, since it's the 30th episode, it's a milestone. I want to talk about uh, if I would have been able to make ClarityTask on the side, as a side project, um, not the way I did, meaning that, you know, I carved out big chunks of time out of my consultancy work and focused on ClarityTask without much validation, but sort of some information from my previous products and with a few alpha users, I um, built ClarityTask. So it wasn't a side project in a way because I... Um, I guess I was considering consultancy as my side project and ClarityTask was sort of my main thing um, and it still is but sort of the setup of how I'm working on it has changed because of bills and life and payments I have to make so I want to dwell a little bit on you know how ClarityTask came to be and um, with all the Twitter fights that went on before New Year's, I think, um, when everybody was talking about, you know, hard work and if it's a good thing or not, and, you know, if it's good to burn on both ends and whatnot. So where do I stand with that? What do I think about hard work? Um, so hard work for me is now, what it means to me is working on something, um, being dedicated on it, However, taking it seriously, the part about being healthy and taking rest very seriously. So before, a while ago, not with ClarityTask, but way, way, way back, back, you know, like a couple of years ago, um, hard work for me was until I almost passed out. Not literally, but sort of, you know, I would work hard on getting something done and out of the door, especially for client work. And then it would still be not done. You know, I would still have more work to do and that would burn me out. And that hard work is really bad. And I don't know if I want to call that hard work. That was just stupid work. Hard work for me right now is planning well, uh, trying to stick to the plan, having having some flexibility along the way to change course if necessary, uh, looking back constantly what has been accomplished, uh, what the obstacles are, what resources do I have on hand to overcome those obstacles and challenges, and taking rest very seriously. So if I'm going to work, if I'm waking up at 6 a.m., planning my day, um, uh, making my um, my son's lunch for his school and my lunch, 
uh, for my work. I'm not eating out anymore. Um, I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago. So I'm trying to make my own lunch and take it to work so I eat healthier and cleaner. And then go to work at 7, 7.30, and then work up until 5. And then when I'm done, I'm done. So I'm back home, eat lunch, dinner with my family, be there, take my kids to activities or whatever they have, and then just be and not work. So I'm either resting or changing my frame of thought. So that's for me hard work right now. And um, January has been really good. I've stuck to my plan for the most part of it. About I think about 80. I, I wrote a tweet uh, yesterday, I think. So my plans were accomplished close to 90%. And then I exercised close to like 83, 85%. And the way I measure that is more about, you know, with... You know, looking back at the calendar, the days I went and the plans that I did and just an overall feeling feeling of how I feel about, you know, how I did. And by plans, I mean just, you know, sticking to the steps that I set forth based on the goal that I'm trying to achieve, but not worrying about the goal so much. So let's say I want to... You know, get Claire tasks to 10K MRR, and I'm going to do these 10 steps because I think this these 10 steps are super important to reaching that goal. And then I forget about the goal and just focus on those steps. So that sort of way of looking at it is making me much calmer. I'm working much um, slower in a way, but getting more done because I know what's coming up and. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing, so I'm not just picking up any task and just working on it until until I burn out. I'm just very systematic about it because now I have a clarity task on one side and then I have client work on the other side. And then I am trying to get more consultancy work, trying to talk to clients who have forgotten me and they think that I'm doing product and I have to tell them that I'm doing, you know, um, consultancy again so that part has been challenging but uh, luckily I have uh, contacts uh, here locally and some internationally that I can you know pick up work here and there which is good but um, on the other side you know to come back to the first topic of this uh, episode is that um, would I have been able to make clear task on the side um, by doing consultancy constantly and not taking time off to work on it full time, I don't think I would have. Um, not at the level it is now, with all the bells and whistles that it has, and plus me, you know, learning in the process, learning to code while I was making it. I could have never done this, you know. If I was constantly working at a job or um, doing uh, consultancy and then just working on clear tasks on the weekends. I would have never gotten to this point, never gotten, you know, never would have built ClareTask. And I don't think I can, you know, I would have been able to do any other product like that. I mean, I don't work that that fast. I know some people have a couple of different side projects. I, I can't do that. Um, I'm not that talented, I guess, to, you know, um, do that, to achieve that. So um, 
With that said, no, I would have never been able to do that. And the reason I'm talking about this is that, you know, I had this talk with my wife. Uh, we went to travel, went away, you know, with our kids. We're trying to do that more often. The kids are a little bigger now. So we're trying to leave them with our parents. And um, so we took some time off, drove away about, you know, 400 kilometers one way uh, to Greece. Greece is very close. So, um, and then, you know, I'm doing much better now financially and uh, also um, I'm feeling much better because in a way I've done with Claritask uh, as much as I could have, technically speaking. There's always more to do, but it will be just features that no one is asking about. So the, o- the only thing remaining right now is trying to sell it to a group of people who will respond to it positively. So. Now that I'm feeling much better and, you know, I'm doing financially better, um, I'm providing more, uh, we're doing much better with uh, my wife uh, because we've had our struggles, me focusing on products over this past couple of years. Um, And we never really got to talk about, you know, how we felt about that, even though um, a lot of times there was a lot of pressure and strain that, you know, uh, none of the products are moving fast enough and then we're lacking behind in some needs that we had because I wasn't able to sell these products or they weren't picking up. So we finally sort of had a talk about, you know, um, and it was all very spontaneous. Um, and my wife said something interesting, which I never really knew that she felt like that, even though I knew that she um, uh, was having a hard time sort of uh, sticking to um, my sort of constant uh, want to have something, you know, have a have a successful product, uh, she would, you know, she would get impatient that it's taking too long, and SaaS does take long. And whenever I was doing consultancy, money was, you know, coming in much quicker because you get a job, you get it done, you get paid, etc. So. With SaaS, as we all know, it takes it takes a while, you know, unless you have a runaway hit, and then um, then you're doing much better. But anyway, with that said, she said something that you know, at times she felt that I'm being very selfish for pushing for this thing that um, that might or might not ever work, and I wasn't focusing on on work that was bringing in uh, money. Uh, so it wasn't creating, you know, financial stability, and I could see that. I could understand that. Um, the way I see SaaS, I mentioned this on my previous episode, I think as well, is that uh, it's like real estate. So you buy it, and then you know, if it's not on prime location, you sort of have to wait a bit until that area sort of um, picks up, and then people start renting your location or buy it for maybe three times the price that you paid. And sometimes that takes a while, you know. But I guess the fallacy on my side was not having something like some some sort of work that was bringing at least money for the basics, you know? Like I took a big dive into this deep waters of SaaS uh, without knowing if anything would pan out. And um, I'm very optimistic person uh, and sometimes that makes me a um, a, a very big risk taker. So I take big risks um, without maybe calculating as much as some people do. 
I'm not risk averse. I've never been. Uh, recently, I'm becoming more risk averse because I have needs to fulfill. But that sort of feeling is more technical with me. So I'm making myself more risk averse. But my mind goes in in different places. And uh, I think if I had a source of revenue from some product that was steady <clears throat> and, and was creating um, uh, good revenue for our uh for our family, I would try various ideas and just pour money in and different ideas and different thoughts. Um, but I guess, you know, going back to the talk that I had with my wife was that it, you know, I could see her feeling selfish at times because I was doing that, but I was doing it for us. And this is what I told her that, you know, that's the only reason I went down this road is because when I was doing consultancy, I wasn't making enough to uh, leave money aside so we can use it later. And then also I wasn't getting paid when I wasn't working. So if I was doing work, then I would get paid. But if there was no projects coming in, there was no money coming in. And with SaaS, especially if you have some sort of a um, semi-successful SaaS, money is coming in. There is some growth unless you... Um, fuck it up majorly you know if you have some growth with a product that is needed in a niche or with a group of people or in a market that's picking up then you know all you have to do is make a secure um, good solid app and give stellar support and you know you will grow or you at least you won't stagnate or go back you know unless something major happens um, but in B2B SaaS, clients don't really leave that easily. They leave usually because their business, they run out of business or your app just doesn't keep up with the basics or it's not secure or they're constantly pissed off because of your customer care, like your horrible customer care. So with that thought in mind, back when I was doing consultancy, I had a, a company, a studio, a small studio of like four or five people. I started feeling like, hey, you know, like the money that I'm making is good, but it's not really providing more that, you know, for, for us or for our future. So let me try products, you know, like products seem like the way to go because they create a steadier future. So that was sort of my train of thought behind that. And I tried to explain to my wife that, you know, this is this is where I came from because I wanted to create something more stable for our family. And the reason that two of my major products didn't, one of the the first ones that I did didn't pick up. I spent a lot of money on it. I had to shut it down. And then I had a couple of few other smaller products, which I didn't do full time. I sort of picked up pieces from my previous product and made new products and try to push them. So I didn't really waste a lot of time with them. But Claritask is my second biggest one that I spent a lot of time in and took time off from consulting, which definitely created some hardships. Um, so... With all that said, uh, this was the reason that uh, the first topic of this episode was that, you know, I, w I don't think I would have ever been able to make Claritask on the side um, at the level that it is now, you know, with all the, you know, um, user management and various workspaces and multiple accounts and, and whatnot, um, I would have never been able to make, make Claritask on the side, never, ever. 
So I'm happy I got that done. I'm not happy that um, I'm not sad, but you know it's it's frustrating that I didn't get to sell it quicker. Um, find a group of people that you know would like it enough, but um, something happened the previous week. So I um, I what I did was I picked up a book which I've been meaning to read for for longest. And it's April Dumfer's Obviously Awesome, which is about positioning. And as soon as I started reading that book, the intro and everything, it started clicking with me. I've heard April talk in, in shows before and I sort of knew what the book is about. And it couldn't have been at a better timing for me because it was talking about things that I've been meaning to change about Claritask as far as positioning goes and maybe have a little bit more guts to push it in the direction that I that I made Claritask for and sort of sell it to people who are similar to um, most of my current clients who love it. And these are bigger companies. One of them is with three locations, uh, China, Europe, and US. And the other one is a big startup with 8.5, 8.7 millions in, in revenue. And this is who Claritask was really made for. Uh, big distributed teams, uh, working in different departments where the management has sort of an overall look of the company and progress and produ productivity, etc. So Claritask is really not a good fit for people that use Trello or Asana, and I could never compete with them because they have such a big market share, and I could not be another Asana or Trello. I've never set out to be those. I never set out to even be Basecamp because I think it's limited and how it does. I know that sounds arrogant, but just saying how I I thought about when I was building Claritask. So with that said, um, now I'm finishing up some some consultancy work and I'll be done with it in a couple of, in a week or so. And then the notes that I've jotted from reading April's, uh, April's uh, obviously awesome, bleh obviously awesome book i um i tend to try those things that i feel are right for my product so i will position it to companies that are 50 plus people and try to sell it to them and have the messaging on the website for them and what it does to them and what the benefits are not the features and how it works and how it gives these companies um data on how their teams are performing and then grow with that and then you know that promise of having these companies not talk to their employees or not wonder what they're doing because they know where things are headed based on the activity of of their employees um so that's sort of my clients and that's who i built it for so i'm going to try and reposition it in that sense, and maybe even I was thinking about changing the name. I've thought about this before, because it's not just task management. It's like um, it's like a company management. That's what Clay Task is. It's like a company overview app. Um, I have to find a better sort of segment for it, but it's um, it's a company management system of sorts. You know, it's not a task management. If I say task management, I will be put in the same category as Trello, as Asana from uh, someone who has never heard about Claritask. If they come to the website and see, hey, oh, oh man, another Asana, okay, 
I'm okay. I'm using Asana. It's not perfect, but it's doing the job. I'm not ready to, to find another task manager. However, if I position it to the point, to the to the market, to the segment that I've I've meant it for, I think I could have more success. Now, this is all a hypothesis, but I'm going with my uh, sort of first initial intention of why I built ClarityTask. Also, um, focusing on people who currently love ClarityTask and what they think about it and the purpose they use it for because they feel that they have all this data in one place of all their projects. Um, and these are the comments from both of my biggest clients and other smaller ones because they feel that nothing is lost. So they know that their employees will get what is asked from them and then monitor that sort of activity if tasks are being completed and who's completed them and when and who's working on what across the board. So if it's a big company, then they will need to know that without having to ping everyone or ask their managers and go down in layers to find what someone is working on. So that's what Claritas is made for. And as I'm talking about this, I'm going to listen to my episode and just jot these notes down so I can really communicate this through my website. And then cold email, uh, cold email my my prospects and then see if that rings any bell. If it doesn't ring any bell, then I will be in trouble, honestly, because I um, I can try other things. I can make the product smaller. I can I could scrape it out to make it for smaller teams, etc. But that's the idea. You know, I'm, I'm almost done with the book. It's been an incredible book. I've been jotting down so many, so many notes and uh, it's uh, it's giving me a new perspective on how I want to go about um, about Claritask. So. To go back to my wife's uh, feeling about me feeling being selfish, um, the only the only way that that selfish the past could be changed on how she felt is that if Clay Task becomes a success story, and then that success is translated in our future being more secure as far as finances go. So it will definitely be selfish if Clay Task doesn't pan out. It would be. Um, um, an undertaking that maybe was, uh, you know, driven by the ego to prove myself that I've, you know, I can do this. And, you know, you can attach all the negative adjectives to, you know, what I did if it doesn't pan out. But if it does, then it will be the best decision I've ever made. So the past could be changed if the future holds something good for Clary Task, and I will know more about that as soon as I as I try this new positioning, because the current positioning is is very confusing. You know, once I read the book, you know, I'm looking at Clary Task more objectively, sort of from a customer's point of view, and I'm realizing that I've positioned it in a similar category as any other task manager out there, especially the famous ones. And I could never win that. They have millions. Um, everybody knows about them. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's not gonna work. So I'm gonna try and go up market and target bigger companies and offer them these benefits that I'm thinking Claritask offers. And then just go from that and then see what happens. February hopefully will be the time when I get to try that actually because I'll have a little bit more time and a little pause from client work. And I will give that a shot and see where it lands. 
So here I am, uh, 30 episode, episodes later, um, almost a year uh, into the launch of Claritas. So I launched, I think, February 8, if I'm not mistaken. So it's about a week or so away uh, from the launch. I'm happy where Claritas is product-wise and with current clients and how happy they are. I'm not happy with the MRR that I currently have, which is at $129 per month a year later. And uh, I don't know how that's going to change. I have some belief, I have some faith, and I have these goals that I've talked about uh, just a few minutes ago about repositioning it to a uh, a segment that I think will like it more and it's a better fit. And then see what happens in February, a year after I've launched. And some, uh, what is 2013, so that's seven years into... Uh, my first start with SaaS products. So it will be seven years that I've been trying this SaaS game. And uh, I'm going to see what happens. So, um, yeah, um, thank you for being here all these 30 episodes and listening to me ramble and sometimes have good episodes and sometimes have bad ones. But uh, I wanted to share with you even some personal stuff that, you know, I've been going through in hopes that, you know, it helps you if you're going through the same things with your with your partner um, or people around you that you know depend on you and and love you, uh, it's not easy, especially when things don't go as fast as you hope they would. But um, uh, I think that you know if we focus and keep our eyes open and be flexible at the same time, uh, good things can happen. So I leave you with that, and uh, thanks a lot again for being here and listening to this show, and I will talk to you on the next episode.